turd. Lutz is all right. So he's walking out of here with everything he's got coming in. And if you so much as touch one fucking hair with his fucking head, I'm gonna fucking wallpaper this fucking bathroom with your fucking ass, you understand me? Muted tones, isn't that what you said, huh? Ah! I can't hear you. Wait. Wait a minute, there it is. Blended in at a subsonic level. Like some kind of mantra. Pain. 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 Hello and welcome to the Lone Acting Nominees Podcast, a show where I'm joined each week by a guest to discuss a movie that only received one Oscar nomination, that being for one of its performances. We'll talk about the performance in question, the movie as a whole, and its place in the Oscar race, among other things. I'm Gordon McNulty, and this week I'm joined once again by Ben Miller to discuss Alec Baldwin's Oscar-nominated performance in the 2003 film The Cooler. Ben, good to have you back on the show. So glad to be back and so glad to be talking about a non-terrible movie. Um, yeah, it's just yeah. like I mean, I think last time we ca- you came off the VIPs into Saratoga Trunk, so then you get this. Right? I mean, what a, what a relief! <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think there was one movie in between those two, and it was actually was Glengarry Glen Ross. Oh, well, featuring Alec Baldwin. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, what and 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 what a week to be talking about Alec Baldwin. Absolutely yeah. nothing in the news for him. Not at all. We like, <laughs> we scheduled this months and months ago. Months ago, and yet. <laughs> I mean, I've talked about Alec Baldwin a fair amount on this show before because also yeah. Married to the Mob and Still Alice. And I think there's yeah. still one more in the future. I, it could be just those four, but yeah, even still, it's a lot of Baldwin. And we're going to be, <laughs> uh, we were talking a little bit off mic before we started that like, yeah, this is technically an Alec Baldwin episode, but it, it won't end up being the most Baldwin centric episode. Oh, absolutely so. not. Yeah. But. Yeah. He's good in it. Like I, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, it's a good. I have no. I have no problem with Alec Baldwin in this film. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about why you picked this movie all those months ago before he was. Uh, I mean, I don't remember when, but I feel like that had probably already happened. But still. yeah, was, well, I, I picked this movie. I, I remember watching this movie in the theaters. Um, I was a, a young Oscar obsessive, and the cooler was by no means in the big multiplexes. But we had one theater in our city that showed one art house film a week and the cooler was on there. And I heard the buzz about Baldwin and Maria Bellos. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll go see the cooler. And I went and watched it and I really loved it. I really thought it was great. And uh, it was one of those, it was one of the first times I'm like, well, I've seen this movie that nobody I know in my general vicinity has ever seen. And it was always just kind of one of those things that kind of stuck with me. And it's, it, it's not the type of movie you actually are like, man, do you remember seeing the cooler in the theaters? Um, yeah. And, and even at the time I remember the kind of the controversy over the, uh, the sex scenes and the nudity. And I remember watching it at the time, almost being scandalized and then rewatching it this time and going like, it's a pretty, pretty benign, frankly, like the, yeah, it's the, the sex scenes are nothing crazy. Like I've definitely seen crazier stuff. So yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's 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 one of the few times I, I got ahead of the Oscar race and I'm like, well, OK, now I'm prepared for Alec Baldwin, and Maria Bellows inevitable uh, nominations. Yeah, half right. You're <laughs> almost there. Almost. Exactly. There. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man, the Academy just does not like Maria Bello. I don't want that. And, and it's it's almost insulting having yeah. the having the, the having this and a history of violence three years apart. And be like both times you're like, man, she should probably win, right? It's like, no, no, we're not going to nominate her. It's like, and 
and and and, and this frankly yeah. the oscar nominations were yesterday and yeah. she missed another one again because she wrote the woman king and produced and, it and, and produced it yeah and missed those completely too they do not like maria bello i don't get it i want like i truly wonder what it is because how do you look at this performance how do you watch this performance and not nominate her truly yeah it's it's Exactly. Yes. And history of violence, which she's also amazing in. I in, I don't get it. I mean, I, I I point to this movie being underseen. Like, yeah. More than anything, they're like, well, Alec Baldwin's Alec Baldwin. Uh, it's a light supporting actor race. Let's throw Alec Baldwin in there. And so that made sense. That you know, just for the name recognition, and he had never had a, no- a nomination before, so that makes sense. But Maria Bella was too much of a, I guess, like a, you know. And uh, Andrea Riseborough, as you could say at the time, of yeah, being a like, little bit uh, of yeah. So where was uh, uh, Francis Farmer then? Where, where, was, where, yeah. where indeed? <laughs> Truly. So we are talking ostensibly about Alec Baldwin's nominated performance in The Cooler from 2003, directed by Wayne Kramer, written by Wayne Kramer and Frank Hanna, starring William H Macy, Maria Bello, Sean Hitosi, Ron Livingston, Estella Warren, Arthur J Nascarella, MC Ganey, Ellen Green. With Paul Sorvino and Alec Baldwin, uh, interesting there in the credits. Uh, also, Joey Fatone shows up for a little. Oh bit, man, uh, I, I, I love the, not only the Joey Fatone, but like Joey Fatone with a little bit of like this is this is right when InSync is coming down. So yeah. he's just like, I still got the heat. <laughs> I, I can I can make a cameo in this movie. I, I I'm the one that's going to have the post NSYNC career. Oh, not hilarious. quite. Not yeah. quite. Uh, it premiered January seventeenth, two thousand three, at Sundance. Alm- just barely missing the twentieth anniversary here. Uh, it played a bunch of festivals after that. It played Cannes. It played TIFF. It played a whole bunch more that I didn't write down. Open limited on November twenty sixth of that year, and the and then didn't open wide until January sixteenth of two thousand four. So. Just barely missing the 19th anniversary here as we record. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that is the movie we are talking about. And uh, let's let's talk about Alec Baldwin's nominated performance here. Where where do we want to start off with this performance that he's giving? You know, it's funny because this is this is right in the this is probably the tail end of Alec Baldwin. Like he's not a he he has realized probably at this part of his career, he's like, okay, I'm probably not gonna be a leading man I- anymore. Like, yeah, I'm start- starting to transition into the uh, self-awareness of it all. Um, yeah. Wh- like, so wh- what's the, what, what, it's probably like three, four years before 30 Rock. Yeah. 30 Rock was like 2007 or eight, I think yes. is when it started. I could be so, off about that, but so, so for a guy like Albert Baldwin, who you never really, you never really point to a guy like Albert Baldwin thinking being like, oh, he's probably got his ego in check. That's not, that's never the type of thing. Yeah thing you think of with that guy but at the same time he kind of realizes like okay i kind of need to take a step back into more of character actor alec baldwin and that is a much 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 better alec baldwin yeah like this is only a couple years after the royal tenenbaums where he's just the narrator in that and it feels like it's his best performance yeah it's (laughs) it's one of those things that like utilizes exactly what alec baldwin is best at which is that like sort of gravelly soothing but like very deep voice which i mean he's doing kind of that to a t in this he's he's very much all of his best line readings are in that very deep almost at a whisper register but in a way that is like so intimidating uh as this um casino owner not really mob involved like this feels like it's very mafia adjacent without really ever getting into 
mafia stuff. Yeah, um, and it's it's funny actually. I re- I remember thinking before I rewatched this, I was thinking it's like, oh, this is the tail end of skinny Alec Baldwin too. Skinny in shape Alec Baldwin. I watched it. And I'm like, not really. He's no, kind I, of like I was ex- I was expecting the Jack Ryan Alec Baldwin to show up, and I'm like, no, 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 he's on there. He's on a little bit in the airs, and he's he's a little he he's still got the handsomeness, and he's still got that that same kind of persona. He's um, graying without being like full gray, like yeah, Jack Donaghy yeah, style. Yeah, very much, very much is like, well, he's handsome for an older man, but he's definitely older. Yeah, playing to his age. Yeah, and like that's a part of the character is that he is past his prime. He is absolutely. Uh, it's like kind of his whole character is, is that he's seeing Las Vegas sort of crumble around him and become this very commercialized, Disneyified sort of like commodity and it's like he runs like the one casino that's still doing it the old way and he's very much holding on to that uh, as it's sort of falling apart around him yeah Uh, and even and even like the mob guys are like well you know yeah you're making money but you know we like more money and yeah the disney fight of it all makes more money so please let's disneyfy this he's like no no i still want to use coolers and and cocktail waitresses with uh with with cigarettes hanging out of their mouths and old crooners is like no no we have to adapt yeah busting kneecaps in the back with a big old pipe. yes yes yeah it, it's a good it's like it's a character you've seen before you've seen yeah. that in like a like this is already what almost 10 years post casino which is all about that happening in vegas yes. and all yes. about the sort of crumble like to the point that they end the exact same way with the, uh footage <laughs> with the, of, yeah, with of the demolition yeah, yeah exactly and i mean just it fits into that type of like this is uh you know one of the few vegas movies that is very much anti-vegas oh yeah it, it is not like by all means like casino kind of has that grandeur of like vegas used to be this great place or you have like swingers that very much glorifies it or even oceans 11 which is like okay we'll disneyfy it a little bit but there's always this mystique that that mystique is not there for this movie this movie this vegas is gross this yeah in, in a way that like i kept thinking of hard eight while i was watching this oh the, great the great Anderson, example great example which is like even that has a little bit of reverence for it. Yep. That has like yep. a little bit of like the old timer in that is still Philip Baker Hall being this like old timer from the perspective of like the guy who's who's like walking around. He's he's I don't remember what he is exactly in that. He has some type of like extra job. He's like a fixer. I think he's a, of some a sort, fixer. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but even that has like a little bit of reverence for this. But no, throughout this whole thing, you're getting. William H. Macy talking about how like there's no clocks. You never know if it's night or day. It's like a hellhole and everyone is miserable. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I he's the whole movie is about him trying to leave. It's about him yes. trying to get out. He's and, like, no, I'm going to leave. No, I got to keep him here. No, I got to leave. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's and, yeah. and Shelly, uh, Alec Baldwin is just all of the worst parts of old Vegas where he's not with the times and he's ripping people off and he doesn't have any friends or people in his life that he's not paying and it keeps getting thrown back in his face and he keeps just moving right past it and ignoring it and just moving forward and uh keeping up all these guards to like i mean literal and figurative guards to keep him at arm's length from all these people and it's it's all you want from this character it's not just the stereotypical like guy in control of a casino while also still playing into some of the tropes that you would get in a character like that. 
he, he yeah, does a good job of balancing that. There's a lot of self-loathing too. Like yeah. it's 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 a lot of like okay, well, you know, this is the way it's it, he he's acting totally on principle, not on dollars and cents. It's just like I am the last bastion of this old Vegas ways, and I am going to keep it no matter what it costs me. And he hates himself for it, but at the same time, he has so, he's he's so deep into the commitment of it. Does, yeah, he, he can't he can't get out of it. He's like, no, no, no. I've committed to this. I'm going to stick by my principles. I don't care if I take a bullet to the back of the head. This is what I do. It's like, well, yeah, it's 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 not surprising that his end is the way it is because it's it's pretty poetic. But uh, I mean, there's no way Shelley does not like himself. No, he not very, at all. Very much not. Yes. And like the things that he's having to do to keep the to keep things running at this point, it's like breaking William H. Macy's kneecap with a pipe in the back, yep. like before yep. the movie starts and yeah. giving Paul Sorvino like a, a, a laced heroin to kill him rather than send him to the wolves or essentially, essentially, essentially turning Maria Bello into a hooker. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and none of this, he doesn't question any of this. And but like you get the look in his eye in the scene yeah. where uh, we're going to get into. I mean, we've gotten into spoilers already, yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> go watch this movie if you haven't. It's not one that people talk about as much. And I just watched it for the first time and I really loved it. Actually, 100, 100 minutes. Easy watch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's fun. It's it, it yes. keeps the pace. It's very, very well paced movie. Yep. It's yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is uh, n- not no spoilers. Um, a, a positive thumbs up recommend go watch this movie absolutely but but in the scene where he shows up at the motel and confronts her and like tries to get her to leave again and ends up like knocking into her and like knocking her against the window or the the mirror what she says is like uh what's his name bernie right that's yeah 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 Yeah. bernie was like your one friend and you crippled him because you can't like like that is how you have to operate is by pushing away the people that you have to hold close because he's still hold like Bernie is his closest confidant in yep. all this. And he still treats him like shit, hires Maria Bello specifically to keep him miserable, yep. to like string him along and make him even more of a, a miserable, sad sack, William H. Macy type. Uh, it's even funnier. Like whenever she says this, she says like, even these two goons, yeah. they're not your friends. They're just paying them. And they're just kind of like, I don't, I don't know what we did about this, but yeah, sure. I guess that's the case. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the whole back half of the movie is just a bunch of different people throwing it in Alec Baldwin's face. How miserable <laughs> yeah, he is. Cause like much. the next scene from him, well, there's a scene where he breaks Ron Livingston's arm, but after that, it's a uh, Macy and him up on the roof. And Macy just does the whole thing over to him. Like it's Vegas like, I don't is care. hell. And yeah. you are like the arbiter of all the worst <laughs> parts of Las Vegas. You are going like if you kill me, you're just going to inherit my bad luck. You're not going to have me that you can like look down on and be like, well, at least I'm not that guy. And you're just going to be left with how miserable and alone you are. And the, the, like, to to throw it to throw it around to a movie from this year, Banshee's in a Sharon. Yeah, like essentially the entire dynamic between Barry Keoghan and and Colin Farrell is Colin Farrell is like, well, at least I'm not this guy. Yeah, but as soon as soon as as soon as he realizes it's like, oh no, he's a little better than I thought. He's like, oh, I am that guy. That's worse. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you are ever like it, I, I do have to commend Baldwin for that scene with Macy, because even though he doesn't have much of any dialogue after Macy starts talking, like yeah. 
to be able to deliver a scene where you are a lower status character than a William H. Macy character. Oh man. Like like that, especially this William H. Macy character, that takes like a- an intense amount of uh commitment to just to have that presence in that scene of like shit, I'm getting talked down to by William H. Macy. Uh, and, and, and really need even, to reevaluate some stuff. And, and and not to mention, like Baldwin's a pretty uh, imposing. He's six foot, and Macy's like five nine. Yeah. So he's he's saying this, looking up at his chin. So he's like, not only is this guy saying everything that's emasculating me, he's diminutive and doing all of this. It's like it's the physical trumping the mental as well, and it's just. Yeah, it's killing yeah. him. And they're like up on this roof. Baldwin has already made at least one veiled threat of like, if if you cross me again, I'm going to throw you off this very roof. Yep. And he's there with his two guards who are like physically imposing. And yet he still gets talked down to by William H. Macy, which like you, you, th- it takes a, um to have built up a character at this point through this, this far into the movie that you would believe is at this point, powerless yeah in all ways just like like he has technically all the power in the world to throw this guy off this roof and he won't get touched for it he's not going down for this and yet nobody's calling the cops yeah and yet he still allows himself to get walked all over by this guy and it like not every actor could do that there are a lot of like actors playing an imposing character like this an imposing like villain essentially yeah that you would just be like okay but why didn't he just throw him off the roof how are you going to let this little weak unlucky man walk all walk all over you and then walk out of the building a lot and that line he says is exactly it it's like if you kill me then you're the biggest loser and yeah. he is perfectly aware of this and he's going to go out with a little bit of dignity so he's just going to sit there and watch him win craps and smoke by the and way, that, have you have you have you seen anybody smoke like Alec Baldwin does in this movie? No, it's no, so strange. Not. Three fingers on top and one of the butt. Like it's like <laughs> you can smoke like two drags of that before you start burning your fingers. It's so yeah. very strange. But yeah, but just sitting there and just letting it happen and being like that was his little bit of redemption. Yeah, and then like to the point that you almost wonder if he knows that uh, Arthur J. Nascarella is in the back of the car when he gets in the car, like. Is he at that point essentially just resigning himself to like, I have nothing else to offer. I'm going to take the dignified way out where I get shot rather than essentially the same thing that he ends up doing to Paul Sorvino, where like, uh, I know that getting yeah. in this car, I'm not going to get out. Uh, I was thinking that's probably the case because, you know, like he's up in this office and earlier he's it's very telling. He pours the, the liquor into the glass and he's drinking it. Then after a while, he's like, well, I don't need this glass. I'm just going to go straight from the bottle. Yeah. And he's like, well, this is probably about it. He's not answering the phone. He writings on the wall. He understands what's going on. Yeah. 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 The um, I, I think he he's significantly stronger in the last half of the movie than he yes. is in the beginning because yes. it takes a while for us to really unravel who he is. Really, because there's there's so many uh, reveals with what he's really in charge of, what he's really in control of, with the whole Paul Sorvino death, with yeah. uh, Maria Bello being his hired girl to string Bernie along. All of this comes like an hour into the movie. Uh, yeah, but he's still he's still good in that first section. But it, it's a thing where like I didn't have a bunch of notes written down. I, I was kind of confused as to how. Baldwin ended up being the 
like the drive of this movie in, in terms yeah. of awards. Yeah. And then by the end, I, I came around to it. I think there, there, he has a lot more to do in the second half, including like the more intimidating parts where he takes Macy's son and supposedly pregnant wife uh, or the son's supposedly pregnant wife yeah. into the yeah. back. That whole scene where he's beating him with a pipe and he punches the woman and then it turns out she's not actually pregnant which is like there, there's a few scenes like that where he gets to be very physically imposing yeah loud and i think it it works in a way that i don't know you don't always think of alec baldwin's movie characters as being that i i mean there's... yeah i mean it so i'd read an interview that said wayne kramer one of the reasons they decided to have alec baldwin in this is because yeah. he seemed like the type of guy who could punch a woman in the stomach a pregnant woman too a pregnant woman in the stomach is like and 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 he needed audiences what, to believe that whenever the I, character whenever, would. Whenever I read that, I went, oh, that's terrible. Nailed it, though. Man, really yeah. nailed it. Like, just... <laughs> this is what? How many years after the, the voicemail of him calling his daughter uh, this is this is, be- this is before that. Oh, this, this is before is, that. This okay. is at least, uh, so that, that was like mid- mid 30 rock times so okay. i mean so we're what was the like, thing in the late 90s was did he like beat up a paparazzi there's some uh, there's yes. some like late 90s thing. yeah he had or uh he had a lot of like a lot of behind the scenes stuff as far as like um you know he he didn't he was famously prickly yeah um from what i understand um you know all that <laughs> there so he he beat up a photographer in 1995 i think that's um, what i was thinking af- yeah. after their daughter was born so uh i guess that's the that's the big thing uh, that's the you know obviously yeah. the, the there's the, stories people would believe that a, a an alec baldwin type would that, be uh, this like brash turn on a dime thing the uh the voicemail with the daughter as a pig was back in uh, 2007 so oh, wow. okay. uh, he's not even there yet so yeah but yeah it's it's the entire time you're like baldwin is this character like this Whenever I and I was kind of on the board with you to start with, I was like, I wrote down, I'm like, Ballwood's really on cruise control. And then as as the thing progressed and he gets more and more uh, essentially emasculated, it's yeah, it's much, it's a much more better performance when he's sort of falling in the same way that Vegas yes. is falling around him because, yep. like the, the it's it's a whole uh, what am I trying to say? His relationship to Macy is kind of like the Shangri-La's relationship to all of Vegas, where like, oh, I'm miserable and you're miserable in our own different ways. Vegas is kind of this, you know, there's there's stuff, but it's kind of a a miserable city. And yet and then as Macy gets sort of happier and luckier as Vegas around the Shangri-La becomes more uh, commercial and family friendly and all that, you leave Shelly and you leave the Shangri-La like to sort of revel in their their misery and he's trying to take yeah. him down with him yep. and it, that's the last half of the movie is him just grasping at anything to make everyone else around him as miserable as he is absolutely he has absolutely nothing except this casino and the casino is get, getting taken out from under him by these like corporate douchebags and no, he no, no, has no. nothing and everything that Rod Levinson says about like, oh, you know, they they need to lose a button, they need to change the colors and the lose-lose mantra. I'm like, part of me goes like, ah, what a prick. And at the other time, it's like, it's probably a good idea. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's better than Baldwin's running things. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not any seedier than the way Baldwin has uh, William H. Macy, just like bad luck incarnate walking around making everyone lose it's just a, a more sure way of doing it because yeah. 
you get into there's some very sort of like pseudo supernatural elements to the actual cooling effect of Macy in a way that like is kind of a screenwriting cop out, but in in a in a positive way, not cop out as a negative where like you can have all these coincidences happen in a way that every movie has these coincidences happen. And yeah. yet you just sort of explain it away well with like, oh, he's just extraordinarily unlucky or he's extraordinarily lucky. It, it's text of the movie and not just screenwriting hacks like, oh, well, then this happens because it's a movie. No, this happens because it's a movie about a guy where this stuff happens. All yeah. The what's what's the line from uh, Thank You for Smoking? Oh, it's one line dialogue. Thank God we created the X. And it's yeah. exactly. It's like you didn't need the one line. It's like there's no supernatural aspect to it. It's just kind of like and there's kind of and, and that kind of aura is over the whole thing of like, well, he's just unlucky because. I mean, look at him. He's William H. Macy with a terrible haircut. I mean, and the, the suit that's too big. Suit that's too big. Yeah. And, and all that kind of stuff. And and it goes along and you're like, well, of course, this guy's unlucky. He should be unlucky. Look at him. Yeah. And you can yes. tell that they wrote this script with William H. Macy in mind. Absolutely. It's very much a William H. Macy type to the point that I don't think anyone else could have pulled off this character at all. And it's funny because I don't know. I, I was thinking about it. It was like, man, he's such a good loser. And then I was thinking about it. I'm like, but how often do I see William H. Macy in a film and think of him as a loser? Not often. Well, this is like right post Boogie Nights and Magnolia. Now, uh, now where he's just like the yes, world's biggest loser in both. Yes. I, I'm not count. I'm not counting uh, PT Anderson, uh, Paul Thomas Anderson films, because it's almost like he wants to torture him into being terrible. It's That's like, fair. it's, it's like uh, all the insecurities of Paul Thomas Anderson is written on the page and given to William H. Macy for some yeah. reason. But, uh, but like, like I think of him in like, you know, even like the character actor roles or some of this other, like the fun little things he's done. I don't necessarily like, I think of him these days, like a kind of a, a thinner, like the mustache. He's kind of cool looking for his age. A little never, bit. Yeah. I never really think of him as being a loser, but man, as soon as I see this movie, I'm like, man, what a, what a, what a schmuck, what a schmuck. Exactly. <laughs> I will like, say though, I don't think any actor has ever like debased themselves to the most, like the most pathetic thing I've ever seen anyone portray on film is him getting dragged out of that motel at the end of Fargo and just screaming to the universe. <laughs> it, it's like that five second scene alone, I think is enough to make William H. Macy cemented in the all time losers of cinema. Uh, I get it. It's yeah. yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about Baldwin? We've already veered off into other stuff in the movie. Um, uh, I, I don't, I, I think he, I am, happy with his i like his performance and i think he is uh that being said i think he's probably in my lineup for this best supporting actor i think he's fourth um i think tim robbins is terrible in mystic river and um but benicio del toro jamin huntsu ken watanabe all really good yeah so i still need to see in america uh, uh but that was one that i just didn't quite have time what with nominations and i tried to watch a bunch before that this week and then also just it's been a busy week uh but <laughs> i'll get around to that eventually because this is still nowhere near my last 2003 movie i've done i know it's there's so many of yeah them. yeah it's i think it's the most it's the year that i have the most movies to talk about uh at least since 2000 because there's what three in best actress baldwin here and then two in supporting actress uh so so you've already done so patricia clarkson 
Yeah. And Holly Hunter. Yeah. And then, and then there's this. and then I, I've already done uh Charlize Theron and Diane Keaton. And then there's also Keisha Castle Hughes. Keisha Castle Hughes. Yeah. So, and so then pl- yeah, plenty of stuff to do. So I mean, yeah. And and you know, I like to I'm try I I actively try to watch everything from a year. And I can't bring myself to watch pieces of April yet. I'll get to it eventually. I've heard <laughs> mixed things. Just, I've heard, I've heard it's like the problem is, is I've seen the station agent and I yeah. know she deserves that, uh, that nomination. And I've heard this is just like, well, we're not going to nominate the station agent. Let's do pieces of April. So, but, oh, well. no, but, but I mean, the, I guess that's um, looking at that supporting actress, like, okay. I have the belief that Zellweger is one of the worst winners of the last 30 years. Um, yeah, it's not that, great. It's not great. Um, I like Holly Hunter. Uh, uh, the performances in Mystic River are a little mixed for me, but I like Marsha Gay Harden in that movie. Um, and Shori Agadash was pretty great. Yeah, I guess that. I, I guess will. that's the. I guess that's the problem with Maria Bello. There's there's nowhere to put her. Yeah, although I think Marsha Gay Harden was kind of a surprise nomination again. Uh, for that yeah. one, but yeah, there, that's like, a movie that's doing better. That's Mystic River is. Yeah, and well. I remember, I remember. There's a lot of talk about. Well, is Laura Linney going to be in there too from Mystic River? And Shore Agadashu kind of came out of nowhere. And you know, look at the like. There wasn't. There wasn't like a big like. Oh, there's definitely this actress is. Oh, she got big snubbed for this one, or you know, it, it was just kind of like. Well, this is who they are. Like, there's not really any yeah. second. Yeah, second places. It'll be interesting to cover that race because I feel like this is it's a supporting actress. I mean, same with this year with supporting actor, where like there's so many people in the ether surrounding that sort of fifth, fourth, fifth slot that like I wouldn't even know where to begin. Like supporting actor this year, I was uh, when we get to the awards stuff, I wrote down a bunch of the other nominees at some of the other awards uh, mm. uh, bodies. And there's just so many names that are popping up for that that last last spot. Oh, like uh, like uh, Paul Bettany and Paul Bettany, Sh- Peter Sarsgaard, Sean Aston, yeah, uh, 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 Albert Finney, all of the yes. guys from Sea Biscuit. I mean, Kevin Bacon popped up every yeah. once in a while. Oh, yeah, like you said, all the guys from Sea Biscuit. Um, uh, who's yeah. a uh, who's the who's the guy from uh, Well Rider? Uh, um, oh, who is it? Is it? Oh, oh I, I want to look that up. I, I, I haven't it. seen it yet, and so I can't remember. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's uh, Cliff Curtis. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know if he actually. I got do any, love. Cl- I, I love Cliff Curtis too. I don't know if he actually got any actual traction for any of that, but I mean, and I think there was a little bit of Jeffrey Rush from Parts of the Caribbean for a little bit. That would have been interesting. That could have been uh, fun. Yeah, He's good I mean, in that. yeah, he is. Yeah. So you know, stuff like, and then you know, there's a lot of like, well, Chuatel Edgeo Four is brand new, even though it's a lead role. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those type of things. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about Alec Baldwin? I do like the scene when he does beat up uh, uh, Bernie's son and daughter-in-law, and he pulls the pillow out from her her stomach where she's been stuffing. <laughs> he's like, uh, "It's your grandson." Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like so. It, it's a thing where like you hate him for doing that. What a smart ass! But he's but, right. But also, yeah. he's so right. Is the yes. thing is that. These people are scamming him. The, yep. They they were also scamming his own father. Yep. Uh, they were scamming Macy. They are running a con. They're terrible people because, like, we've seen them be racist and rude and just like slimy little 
dirtbags. And yet, the way that Baldwin's treating them, you can't quite get on his side, even though he's totally calling their bluff. Right. Because he's just being such an, a monster about it. Yeah, I agree. But and, he's still right. It's a good... It, yeah. And and not to mention, has has there ever been a better, you know, like, a, a more cathartic breaking of somebody than Shantosi? Yeah. Like, you're just like, ah, oh, he has he he is never a good person. He's always a prick. I don't absolutely know if I've seen every, him in that much else, but he's a. a I think of him from uh, Alpha Dog. Haven't the, seen uh, that one. Um, it's a, he's he's he he's not much. He he's more menacing than he is a prick. That makes but, sense. Uh, um, but uh. I think of him in that, and I think of him in like uh, I don't watch that show Animal Kingdom, but he's oh, is he on that? He's I think he's the main uh, crazy brother, essentially the Ben Mendelsohn. The Ben Mendelsohn, yeah, the Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, that the, that the, fits. That makes yeah, sense. So, yeah. So, um, and, and and you know he's he had a long career. I, I want to know now his what's the what's the most likable he's ever been in a film, and and you talk we talked about Joey Fatone being the throwback to the time. How about Estella Warren? Yeah, it's like, oh man, it's still a war. And remember her? She was a thing for like two seconds with that. What was that Stallone indie car movie? Uh, Driven. She, <laughs> I mean, uh, she and yeah, she was a thing for half a second, and then she just stopped being a thing. I guess. Yeah, the same year she's in something called I Accuse, and also Kangaroo Jack. Oh, Kangaroo! How dare you, Kangaroo Jack? The 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 masterpiece that is Kangaroo Jack the rapping. Yeah. Uh, talking kangaroo movie yeah razzie winner for driven and also planet of the apes that same year yes yes she was she was the she was the female in planet of the apes uh yeah i mean yes <laughs> you think of stuff like that uh oh uh, sean hitosi was uh he was a sympathetic uh character in the movie in and out ah Yes, another one, one that I'll be covering at some point. one of the students exactly uh that's yeah so um it's always nice to like he's such a prick in this movie and i i was glad he got hurt and i was frankly like, yeah no, 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 i'll go ahead and kill him it's like he sucks anyway yeah that character they're just so i mean the movie so often like flip-flops with putting you on shelly's side and also making you hate him yes uh, and and it goes to like yeah. far extremes too of like oh you really hate him in some scenes and then right after that it's like yeah but like don't he's so pathetic that it's all he's almost not worth hating just yeah. sort of let the universe catch up to him yeah. in a way that like i feel like a, a lot of alec baldwin characters you kind of love and hate because he has that like sort of charm to him while also being a total scumbag he's very good at playing scumbags and he, this he's, is... he lives in the, it lives in he's such like he's such a non-regular human being yeah, like he's never like an everyman. He's never an everyman. He's always yeah. elitist. And like and the closest he comes to being an everyman is playing a ghost in Beetlejuice. Yes, and 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 even then you're like, well, he's still pretty friggin' handsome. Like, yeah, it's like it's like well, and and even you could say, oh well, Jack Ryan's kind of an everyman. It's like yeah, but he's like a superhuman everyman. Yeah, like it, 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 there's always there's always a level of of above everybody else that Alec Baldwin carries even when he's a character like this who is yes so low status like yeah. this is a movie that is mafia adjacent and it's a it's a genre that's mafia adjacent and he's the casino owner which is always the sleaziest role in any sort of casino type movie 
is the 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 guy who's running over things and is you know breaking a few legs behind the scenes and it's just so such a prick yeah in a way that like it makes sense that they would go to alec baldwin for this role and i think he does a good job with it as it's written i think he does a good job i agree yeah but i don't have much more else to say about him because it's just like a solid he gets the character and he delivers it as it is yep uh now, now, just out of curiosity, is there anybody else in this film you would like to talk about? Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, we can move <laughs> on. Talk about some of the rest of the movie. I had a son. His name was Joe. I was his mother for one year. You don't have to tell me this. No, I want to, Bernie. I gave my son up for adoption. just wanted my life back. I was 17 going on 18 and I was so fucking selfish. My family didn't want nothing to do with me after that, so I hitched a ride out here and uh, thought I'd make it as a showgirl. Ten years later. I'd like to think that if it happened when I was older, the guy that I cared about, they would have been different. So, goddamn, is Maria Bello just like amazing in this movie? On on another level, it's. I, I remember watching it, thinking like, okay, at the time, getting all the critical praise, I remember liking her, and watching it again, and I'm like, okay, where where is it? Where do I? Where's the thing that I? dig into and it's whenever she wakes up the next morning and she's lying in bed yeah she's talking about bernie i think i love you and that entire scene you're just like oh my god she is incredible and it never stops yeah it's just like once she starts being incredible she never stops being she has this is like okay well she's not she's kind of on this level of sleaze that kind of everybody else is but there's also this level of tenderness and and almost maternal that that's just just fits yeah it's it's a thing that like once you get to the reveal of her character that she's been hired by shelly to like look after bernie but also keep him miserable so much more in in retrospect clicks into place like the the where she's reading his his astrological charts and she tells him yeah. later, I, I was lying you have the worst astro- astrological charts i've ever seen on a person there's nothing for you in the future um and he's and he he's very sweet he's earnest he's like yeah well that was before you opened up yourself to me and that was i things are better now but like the scene the the controversial scene supposedly <sighs> because people are uh uh, uh straight, straight white men in hollywood are weak and uh uh there's a scene where he goes down on her and originally the movie got nc17 not for the the act of showing that supposedly but because you could see some of her pubic hair in the shot so Which they, h- hilarious two years later in in watching a history of violence when yeah. you're just like, well, there's nothing much left to the imagination in this one. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but this is also weirdly not the first movie I've talked about where a movie almost got NC-17 for having a, a scene of a guy going down on a on a woman because Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but that scene like. Uh, it comes right after her talking about the son that she gave up for adoption when she was seven. Yeah, yeah. And 
she's she opens herself up to him. She tells him this very vulnerable story about her past and what got her where she is and how she like she regrets it, but she knows she did the right thing. But every day she's thinking about that kid. And it's a very heartfelt scene that, you know, she she didn't expect herself to open up to him because he's a mark. She's, you know, trying to string him along. Yeah. And then it cuts right to uh, her face in bed uh, and and we, we you don't know that he's going down on her at first but you kind of figure it out yeah. and then the camera pans down but like she has this look of like pain and pleasure pain from like you know yeah. we we assume because it's coming right after the story where she's talking about her son but she's also crying. she's yeah. yeah yeah but like in retrospect it's like oh this guy this sad guy who doesn't have anything is still putting out like he's he's focusing on me he's pleasuring me and she, she, I think that's the scene where she realizes, like, oh, there's more to this man than just the sad cooler. And yeah. it's really, like, she's doing so much with just a look of, in a way that unlocks so much. Be- like, she was talking about it. Um, I, I read something where she's talking about how uh, people were perhaps scared of uh, showing one that that she's receiving pleasure in this way yeah but yeah. also that it, like she's having a real complicated orgasm she yeah. is it, it, like referring to it as real and complicated i think there's so much to this dynamic between the two of them that she uh like lays the seeds for so much earlier than the movie catches up to yes uh, in, in, in terms she, of she's way ahead of control. yeah i mean and it was funny because when I was watching it in that first scene where she's doing the astrological signs, I was like, man, maybe I was wrong. Maybe Maria Bella's not good in this movie. And I realized I'm like, oh, she's acting. Yeah. The she's, character is the, acting. The, the she's character's being, acting. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, that makes way more sense now. And then as she, like, and she kind of has this heightened, like, like Betty Boopish voice to start. And then she yeah. drops it. And because, because she doesn't have to act anymore. And because she can be her authentic self. And like you said, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Like you talked about blue Valentine. I mentioned uh, like, it was a funny thing. I noticed that same year that Annette Bening and Michelle Williams both got Oscar nominations in movies where they are gone down on, but the yeah. person doing the going down both got snubbed. Yeah. And Julianne Moore and Ryan Gosling. And I was like, well, that's, I don't know what the weird fascination with that and why why that's an aspect of like how many how many pantomime blowjobs have you seen in movies countless yeah Yeah, so i mean it's crazy how a movie like this can get almost tagged with an nc-17 because you have essentially a fairly chased shot of william h macy's like head hovering above her stomach even yeah yeah and yet a movie like if it was the other way around, if you saw William H. Macy and then the movie or the, the camera pan down to show her like bobbing her head in his lap, it would get an R and cr- like the, the censors wouldn't have blinked twice. Yes. It's- and uh, and I mean, I, I've like I watch what Holy Spider from this year, one of the uh, shortlisted. It's like there's a very graphic simulated blowjob scene in that movie that was still rated R. It's like yeah. you see stuff like like it's like they, they can get away with this kind of stuff when it's men receiving the pleasure like i said it's complex it's it's a it's something it was not something that you could it's easy to it's not a black and white thing for a lot of people and not to mention it's you know the patriarchal all that side of it too it's going to be like well this this lowly man 
he's had nothing go right in his world. Well, why can't he be the one who's extending the pleasure? No, no, no. He's giving the pleasure despite him being the sad sack. Yeah. He still wants to help people. Yeah. And even- he, he, yeah. It, it's a great, like, it's weird for it to be uh, a character development for both characters yeah. by yeah. way of just a, a brief little shot of it. And yet it tells you so much about both of them. It's, I, you can see, like, all of the sex scenes in this movie, not just that uh, shot, but like all of the sex between the two of them says so much about their character. Yeah. I mean, even yeah, what's the, the scene afterward, the scene after they have sex and Maria Bello is like, Oh, you have a, you have a great cock. And yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of like, is it, it's almost surprising herself. She's yeah. Like, she's like, Oh, huh, I'll be damn. Like this, it's, it's not just, this guy just has bad luck. It's like, it doesn't mean the rest of his world is wrong. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah. Also, I I do want to say though, in between that uh, the sex scene and then you've got a great cock. Her first line after he rolls off of her is, "I've had worse." Which, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Well, I was expecting the absolute bare minimum from you, and you didn't. You gave me a little more than that." Okay. Yeah. Like uh, now, and 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 it's funny because it's like, and he and he talks about it. It's like I I forget what it's like to have a woman's hands on me, and. Initially, her acting is like, well, this is part of a role. I'm going to do it, and it's fine. And then whenever she opens it up, that's when she's able to receive the pleasure. And that's like, that's kind of the step to where it ends. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. She's incredible in this movie, yes. She really is. Like, aside from all of that, like, it it does feel kind of, there was something on the IMDb trivia where Macy said that when the movie played at all the European festivals, everyone afterwards was talking about the script and the characters. And at all the American festivals, everyone was talking about how great she looked in the nude scenes. She uh, did. She did. Yeah. But still, but I don't want to like dwell on just the sex scenes yep. as being I the agree. best parts of her performance. Yeah. Because, like, I think like if I were to pick out my top five best Maria Bello moments uh, or whatever, I don't think that they would even be in there because like this, the one shot that still, haunting me like a truly haunting shot is after baldwin knocks her into the mirror and she falls to the ground and just sort of like very slowly sits back up with the, yeah, the blood yeah. and the scars and the glass all over her face just kind of realizes it's like man this is yeah this is the life that i'm in this is what i got myself into and that she immediately follows it up by still saying i love him like yep. that's her realizing in that moment that like just because I'm getting knocked around, I'm not going to give everything up. Like my love is stronger than any pain you can put on me. And, uh, yeah. And you were talking about Baldwin getting emasculated earlier. Like whenever she, she says, it's like, I could have you disappear like that. And nobody would notice. It's like Bernie would. And that just yeah. chops his legs off. And he goes, Oh man, like that's true. And yeah. <laughs> it it's, just uh, kills him. It's great. Yeah. It's such a good, like, it's one of those scenes where you really just have to watch the scene and let it wash over you in terms of everything that the two of them are doing. Cause you don't get a ton of scenes between Bellow and Baldwin. No, no. uh, Other than that one, there's like one or two more, but that's the big scene between the two of them. The two most important people in Bernie's life, just like with their different views of him, because Shelly so looks down on him and treats him like garbage and uh, what's Maria Bella's character's name? I didn't write it down. Uh, uh, Natalie. Natalie. Natalie yes. like sees so much in him and like 
and, and sees the way that he values her and the way mm-hmm. that Shelly very much doesn't. He treats her also like a commodity to be, uh, yeah, just like, yeah. Mo- like, a, like a pawn to be moved around the casino, mm-hmm. uh, to get what he wants. And it's just, it's such a good scene, especially for her. Everything that she throws right back in Baldwin's face, where, uh, when he says, yeah, the whole you're a nobody, nobody would miss you if I made you disappear. And she throws it back at him, like, "Who? You don't have any friends. You, yeah. The only people that are in your life are Bernie, who you treat like shit, and people that you pay to be around you. You are nothing." And yeah, and 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 that that that's when he snaps. It's like you think, "Well, yeah. okay, well, he's not gonna do it." Like in theory, you're like, "Okay, well, he punched a fake pregnant woman in a pillow." And you're yeah. like, okay, well, he, he beat up a cheaters. It's like, okay, well, he's not. He's like, you're not going to actually do anything to her. And then slapping her, which causes her to bust her face up. You're just like, okay, well, okay, he is. And then he walks out. Is the other thing is is yeah, he just it, like there's a look on his face of like, oh, I fucked up real bad. Yep. Let's yep. just let's just get out of here. Uh, yep. Yeah. Just leave her there, and it's like there's nothing I can do about this. My power is gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She. She is so good from top to bottom, and for once, I like I appreciate a uh, a film where a you know somebody gets cut like with like it runs into a glass mirror or something, and it's not like oh I have a cute little scar over my shoulder, and it's like no 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 this kind of messed up my face. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it does some real damage to her. Yeah, uh, yeah. We should talk about William H Macy like yes. as his actual performance because he's also very good here. I think so too. Um, in, in a way that, like, like I said, you can tell that the script was written for him, that the character was written with him in mind, and he he just brings such a indescribable quality of William H Macyness to it. Yes, yes, the, a very <laughs> William H Macyness is a great way to put it. Just um, content with his place in the universe, yes. in a very dark way of like, well, it's not going to get better than this. Might as well yeah. take what I got. Just like I really of sadness. I I really have to write out this agony. It's like it's it's like well, well, what's 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 the rainbow at the end of the what's the pot at the end of the rainbow? He's like, no, 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 just this rainbow misery. That's just what I do. Um, Every time Ellen Green goes to pour the the cream in his coffee, and it's oh, and just the look on his face of like, I thought maybe this time, but no. Oh well. it's like, oh, well, well, I'm sorry. I'll I'll go get you some more, Bernie. No, it's fine. He's like, like every time. No, it's fine. You don't have to. I'll just I'll just drink my coffee black. I don't I don't know about you, but if I'm getting black, it's like I don't drink black coffee. So it, yeah. I always have cream in it. And if somebody's like, well, we don't have cream. I'm like, cool. Then I don't want coffee. Like yeah. then it's it's either so I, that that's even even that aspect. You're like, man, that's a deep. That's a yeah. that's a deep character thing. It's like just man, it, it you don't hate yourself. You are just accepting of the pain that your life is yeah the, like he, he's not going to any steps to even like give himself a modicum of of leeway like what when nope. his his neighbor who's the sex worker uh has the guy over and they're <laughs> having such raucous sex that it's knocking against the wall he's like sitting up against the headboard letting the the painting like knock into the back I, of his head I was, I was thinking this too i'm like well just just sit away from the headboard and he's just taking it just... yeah because that's the closest thing he gets to getting to have sex he's not even like it's like the most william h macy cucked by the universe thing <laughs> where he's not even <laughs> yeah. jerking off 
He's yeah. not. He's just sitting there. He's like, and there's this- there's nothing arousing about this. There is yeah. nothing I'm enjoying. He's just like, this is. It's, it's just it's, the situation he's in. It's the same equivalent of being on a plane and a kid kicking in the back of your chair for him. Yeah. It's like, this is annoying, but there's nothing I can do about it. Which is really funny and uh, later on when he has Natalie over and they yeah. just just like start ru- like actually just they're just like kneeling on the bed and knocking the headboard into the wall just to to fuck him up. One, one to... of my one of my favorite lines in the movie is uh, yeah, it's like uh, uh, it's, it's like let's do it up the ass. No, 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 my ass. Yeah, <laughs> just to, just to just to mess with them is great. Yeah, good yeah. one. Yeah, there's a lot of good little like one liners like that. It's a snappy script. It is. It's it really a very is. fun script. And and uh, I, after after watching this, I'm like, man, Wayne Kramer, he's he's going places, right? And I don't know if you've seen Running Scared. I have not. It's actually it's not bad. It's uh it has a it's a really good Vera Farmiga performance. Um, Always and, happy about those. And, and kind of uh, it's the most gritty Paul Walker ever allowed himself to be. It's I enjoy it. I really liked it. Um, and then after that, he just kind of went to uh direct to video stuff uh yeah i think that movie crossing over was the one with the uh the famous jessica Biel, or is that the one with the i thought there was a jessica beale nude scene or something like that or it's, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't it's, look like it it's a no harrison no it's ford i'm thinking of oh. there's another Har- another random harrison ford movie uh-huh. you know, from those days but like yeah and then the, kind just kind of yeah this is kind of what it is and i'm sure he's doing other stuff but i'm surprised he never got more than that yeah, you look at his uh, Wikipedia, he has, uh, what, five movies and then three others that are listed as TBA, but I mean, you never know. And one has Alec Baldwin in it, so yeah. also TBA. So Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly has Alec Baldwin. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else about this? I do really like, Paul Sorvino only has the one scene, or I guess scene and a half, because he also has the, the part before that where he's singing. He has yeah. also... Did not know that Paul Sorvino had such a uh, beautiful singing voice. He he really fits this the 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 crooner. Well. Yeah, really the like aging him. crooner, and all, it's yeah. one of those things where like he is meant to represent the old Vegas that is going away, that is sort of crumbling around everyone. Uh, which is, I mean, you cast Paul Sorvino for that exact reason. You want someone yeah. that has a tie to those older movies, those older like. Uh, vegas movies yeah and uh but his singing scene where where he does the crooning and then his sort of like monologue to baldwin about the nature program about the lions and how yeah the young lions come in and they scare off the old one the king of the pride and he has to fend for himself and he dies alone uh as as he's by the way dying of this heroin overdose yeah (laughs) traced heroin overdose um it's a really good scene from him. I thought he was he did a and, good, and, uh, and really a throwback to kind of the casino side of things. It's like yeah, because you always associate Paul Servino with Goodfellas, and then it's like, well, Casino Goodfellas, you know, it kind of has that. Like he almost gives credence to the fact that it's like, hey, we're kind of it's you know we're in this area, right? Like this is it's like Scorsese Paul, light, yeah. Yes, yes, exactly. We're not trying to do Scorsese, but we we're aware of what we're doing. Yeah, we're paying homage to without like fully ripping off like this doesn't yeah. ever feel like it's a scorsese ripoff no no never but you get the influence you can tell it's like a loving homage while also being its own thing yeah and uh, I'll, I'll tell you one of my favorite people just in general every time i see ron livingston i'm happy yeah I, i've never not seen ron livingston in a movie and been like oh i need like 
there was a time I'm like, man, he's going to be, he's, he's great. He's destined for great things. Just never really, he just kind of stayed in the middle. Like it is interesting that like he has office space and then pretty much everything after that, they cast him as a Lumberg type. He just becomes the corporate douche that comes in and, and, <laughs> and is like the hot young, like modern yuppie type. Shout out to his uh, his role as Nick Cage's agent in adaptation. Just yeah, hilarious in that movie. He's like he's very good in that. Yeah, and you know, and then yeah, like you said, that's just kind of what he does for a while. Um, he's kind of started to, I guess, lately he started to. Um, yeah, what has he uh, been up to lately? He's transitioned into kind of more fatherly figures. Like he was, yeah. uh, he was uh, Charlize Theron's husband in uh, Tully. Oh right. Yeah, right. yeah, he was he was really good in that. He doesn't get much to do, but I mean, um, and then uh, he apparently was uh, the narrator of the Tinder Bar. I don't know if you saw that last year. I he's did getting, not. Wow. And, and he's going to play. Uh, he's he's uh, he's what's his face's dad in the Flash. Oh, he's the no. dad. I know. So yeah, he is uh, Ezra Miller's dad in the Flash, which is not a small character. That's a big deal. Yeah, but I mean, but you know that movie's kind of like. That's got to be cursed by now. Like, yeah, who knows if that's again ostensibly happening. Ostensibly, <laughs> he's in the flash. In theory, he's in the flash. Yeah, I know. Supposedly, he's, yeah. I, I get that. But get the money, Ron Livingston. You've gotten paid for the flash. Move on with your life. If it never comes out, it's fine. But I mean, yeah. it is what it is. And then I, I think isn't he married to Rosemary Dewitt? Yeah, yeah, he's married. Looks like yes. it. So I mean. All comes out in the wash. It's all all successful if you get to marry Rosemary DeWitt in my mind. Exactly. I'm also, I just have his Wikipedia up. Apparently he sang in an acapella group at Yale. Wonderful. Uh, and was in the same graduating class as Anderson Cooper. Interesting. <laughs> sure. Why not? Sure. Uh, why not? Good for I you, mean, Ron Livingston. Yeah. He was, <laughs> I, it, it, he's one of those guys. Every time I see him, I'm like, great, Ron Livingston. I'm on board with it. And then yeah. he's, and then afterwards he's done. And I'm like, okay, that's yeah. Of, of the time yeah in a in the same kind of way but in a, a very different vein uh mc ganey showing up at the very end yes as the traffic cop who's yes. a great sort of like gruff character actor i just uh i just started watching justified oh uh, yeah absolutely he's really good in that first season of that i s- still love him from lost i think he's he's a very good fun supporting role on that uh so the two things you need to always remember mc ganey from one is con air yeah he's the he's the 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 pilot in con air and, and then, then is the other one sideways the other one is sideways yes and he's <laughs> so funny in that part he's so sideways. funny in sideways and boy do you see so much of mc ganey you in see sideways. a whole lot of mc ganey in sideways <laughs> yeah so i mean he's i always compute him to uh um the lead singer motorhead interesting uh, uh what uh, what um wow, i can't believe I, I can't remember his name lenny uh oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i always assume like the, well whenever they uh, uh whenever they make the inevitable motorhead you know biopic i would as well mc ganey has got to be the first guy right like that's good casting yeah let me yeah. let me kill mister yeah let me kill mister yes yeah, so like that yeah, would MC, be fun yes uh or like i just want any situation for him to play Lemmy just in a situation, just because I always associate the two. I could see that really working. 
Uh, what else? Uh, on a on like just like a technical scale, I th- I really loved the score for this movie. That like jazzy noir inspired. Yeah, it's Mark it's, it's score. Really, really uh, balancing between like Vegas and sad. Yeah, like that, it's that's a good the... sad noir, sad trumpet and saxophone. Yeah, uh, that that kind of just like uh, it, it boozy. Like yeah, uh, I I'm I'm seven drinks in and I'm on eight. Like that that level of yeah, I agree. It's a really good one. Um. I, I I gotta give a shout out to the costume designers in this movie too, for obviously not only the different suits that the size suits that Macy wears as it goes through, but just the the suits in general. It's like so Vegasy. Yeah. It's just like so like la- like almost everything Ace Rothenstein wears in casino is the same thing that that he's yeah. wearing, but without any sort of the style. Yes. Oh yeah, nobody has any style in this movie. <laughs> no, no. Baldwin Baldwin is always in just like the most beige of suits that like fit him but in a in a very unflattering way almost more unflattering than macy's just like schlubby too big suits um and uh i want to shout out uh zeta short from the 300 passions podcast and her yeah. review of this said uh she loves the white cocktail dress that bello wears because it looks nice and bello has a great figure but it also looks cheap and ratty that's and also that true. Yeah. Chasing this glamour that'll never be able to attain. I'm like, yeah, it's like, you're absolutely right. It's kind of like, like, and everybody in this movie is kind of the same level of like, well, they're not out of shape, but they're not like movie star in shape. Yeah. It's the same. It's like the whole ethos that the movie has about Vegas where it's glitz and glamour. And if you stare at it for like more, even a second too long, you're going to start noticing the cracks in the facade. You're going to start yep. paying attention to like, there's no clocks on the wall. It's always nighttime. Yeah. Nobody's ever like, nobody ever looks like they've had a, a well-rested night of sleep. Yeah, Everyone is always moving around and miserable. And mm-hmm. they do a really good job of, of not over glamorizing because that's the whole point of the movie is, is, yeah. is yeah. about the, the lack of glamor. Yeah, I agree. Um, one other thing I do just want to point out the editing, especially in that opening sort of montage of, yeah. of Bernie walking around the casino and just everyone around him just feeling the cosmic weight of his bad luck <laughs> and the, the the quick cuts between the cards on the table and the the uh, the chips, the stacks of chips getting smaller and smaller. And it's just a, a very snappily edited there's a few times they go through a sequence like that and it gets reversed at the end where now everyone's having good luck and now the chips are stacking up and it's, it's yeah, a sharply edited movie. I agree. I agree. Yes. And not, not to, and, and sharply edited in a way where it's like, it's never disingenuous. It, yeah. It's like still, still what the, the, the aura of what the movie is trying to achieve. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Again, in a way that like a lot of movies trying to just straight up rip off Scorsese get yep. too much into the like the the style of of a Tamashun Mocker uh edited movie without really getting the the weight of it and i think this yep. movie understands how to utilize that without making it seem too glossy or too stylish for the sake of style i agree yeah i i really loved this movie i'm very glad too. that we got to pick it it was yes um, me too very fun I, I, one. 
so excited just to talk about Maria Bello for I, we 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 did way more Alec Baldwin than I was expecting. So I'm, yeah, me I'm, too. Pr- I'm proud of but us. Like, I'm proud of us. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of that section on Baldwin we did get off track and talk about other parts of the movie. I get it. So I get it. The the segment on Baldwin was long, but the actual yes. content on Baldwin was this is true. A little bit this less. True. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Is there anything else we want to say about the actual movie? Um, uh, I, I don't believe so. I, it's 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 wildly underrated and underseen. Uh, yeah, it's it's on stars right now. Uh, so I, I think you can go watch it right now, which is how I saw it. So um, highly, highly recommend to go seek out. I think so, uh, there's also um, on the documentary. This uh, this film is not yet rated. There's a segment from the cooler talking about that specific pubic hair scene whenever he goes down. So, I mean, uh, there's a nice little section on that in this film. So it's a uh, kind of gets a nice little shout out there. Interesting. Uh, just looking over my notes. Um, we didn't talk all that much about the actual content of the Ron Livingston section with him and, uh, Arthur J. Nascarella and how they're yeah. coming in. They're like trying to buy out the casino and build a newer, fancier, like, family friendly yeah, yeah. The, Ep- the epcotification yes thing. yes uh, um i don't i don't have any allure i don't have any nostalgia yeah. for vegas i've never been to vegas and i don't like I, I i everybody i talk to is like yeah go for a couple days and leave and so yeah i i, I don't look at it with any sort of nostalgia i'm just kind of like okay well this is what it is cool yeah i i think it's a it's a fine sort of subplot to the movie but yeah i could have done with less of that I agree. They really hit. They do it a little heavy. Yeah, it it cuts back to scenes of that a few too many times that don't do much beyond just like serving to make Baldwin's character more frantic and and afraid. I agree. But uh, one last thing that I have is uh, I don't know if this was intentional or not, but at the ending shot before it cuts to the montages of the the casinos uh, being demolished is there's a shot of uh, a sign for the Shangri-La uh, and the top of the sign is like these mountains like a mountain range uh, shape okay. on the top of the sign but the way it's just like it, it looks almost as if it's like the burnt edge of a of a page which I oh, thought really was, uh, yeah because it, 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 it's it's these mountain tops but the the design of it almost looks sort of like uh, it's it's burning down. I, I don't know if that was an intentional. They did a couple uh, visual pull. They did but... a couple little things like that in the opening credits. Whenever they're going over the Vegas casinos, they go to Lady Luck Casino, yeah. and Maria Bello's face is on the front for just a little bit. Yeah, and, and there's then, the point when it, I think we're gonna mention the same one. The Easy Mark, Easy Market. Yeah, e- yeah, easy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a good little uh, uh, visual joke there. I yeah, like that. yeah, I liked it too. Ah. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything else written down. Uh, we can, that's all I got, too. Yeah, we can talk about some Oscar stuff now, then. Yes. The nominees for Best Performance by an Actor in a Supporting Role are... Alec Baldwin in The Cooler. Benicio Del Toro in 21 Grams. Jaiman Unsu in In America. Tim Robbins in Mystic River. Ken Watanabe in The Last Samurai. (laughs) 
so yeah as we as we have uh alluded to uh baldwin and maria bello both got a fair amount of uh uh precursor stuff so uh played in competition at sundance for the uh, dramatic special jury didn't win i think uh i wrote down american splendor ended up winning a lot of stuff from that sundance went on to like to greater pastures was that the big sundance year as far as successes let me let me pull that up actually uh because I, i had it yeah so like some of the other movies uh uh that played this sundance that were either oscar nominees or close to it american splendor this pieces of april station agent 13 uh you had united states of leland which was like a uh Right, that's the Ryan Gosling sort of yes, breakout. Yeah, yeah, he's in. Uh, that's the he's in juvenile detention, something like that. Some, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. You also have all the real girls and camp, and uh, what else here? Oh, documentaries. You have capturing the Freedmans. One uh, won the grand jury prize there, and was like a big thing. Yeah, a lot of stuff at this Sundance. A lot of a uh, big acquisitions because I think wasn't station agent like the at, at the time at least the uh biggest acquisition in terms of like how much uh the studio bought it yeah it's 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 hilarious to think about in in, in perspective just because it's like what was that that uh, alden ehrenreich movie i think got bought for 20 million dollars like two oh yeah ago. yeah so i mean yeah. it's like wow we we bought this for you know um you know ha- the, you know station agent was a what half a million dollar movie and it got that bought right yeah. So, and uh, it got bought for. I'm just looking to see. Um, oh, geez, I can't even see. So, I'm sure. I'm sure it probably got bought for probably five, six million or something like that. And look it up. It's just hilarious in hindsight to be like. I think uh, what was a Cha Cha Real Smooth? I think it was 15 million last year. And yeah, uh, Station Agent Miramax bought it for 1.1 million. Oh geez, <laughs> which was at the time the biggest acquisition out of Sunday. One point one, and yeah, then like I said, I think that Alden Ehrenreich movie is about S and M or yeah. So I mean, like so yeah, uh, how times have changed and economics have changed in the last you know twenty years. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so anyway, yeah. In terms of like actual precursor stuff, uh, they both get nominated for Golden Globes, uh, which the lineups like again. There's so many names in the ether for both supporting actor and supporting actress where like uh, the Globe supporting actor, it's Baldwin and Tim Robbins and Ken Watanabe, but then also Albert Finney in Big Fish, Peter Sarsgaard in uh, Shattered Glass and William yeah. H. Macy for Seabiscuit. Sure. And then supporting actress is Zell Weger and Holly Hunter and Patricia Clarkson and mm-hmm. then Maria Bello and Hope Davis in uh, American, Spl- excuse me, American Splendor. Yeah. So, and like, SAG Awards, they're also both nominated, uh, where supporting actor, instead of Jimin Hansu, you have Chris Cooper in Seabiscuit. Mm. And uh, instead of Shorey Agdashlu and Marsha Gay Harden, you have Maria Bello and Keisha Castle-Hughes was supporting <laughs> SAG. It's so uh, confusing. Yeah. like Whenever I, mean, I do that episode, it's going to be, I'm going to do my best to dig into the whole history of that category swap. It'll be very... Um, and 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 uh, was it? I think it was a couple years before where Benicio del Toro won the SAG for lead actor. Yeah. So I mean, this is like SAG was known for doing this. Yeah, because and... SAG, I think the rules are the studio submits you in a category, and then you you can't change your placement. They okay. they just have to go with it. Okay. 
that's the SAG rules. Now, yeah. So, have, so I, I, you know, obviously the the year where all this went to hell was the Kate Winslet Reader year. Yeah. And have have you heard the? I believe it's Joe Reed from this had Oscar buzz. His his theory on what actually happened. I mean, it it would make sense that like she had the most the amount of votes that she could have theoretically gotten three nominations. Yeah, if, but if but yeah, I, I love I love the idea of that. And I know that there was a lot of talk about, you know, you think about like last year, especially with Lakeith Sanfield, and then this year with Michelle Williams. Yeah. And she still managed a nomination. So, I mean. Happens it, all the time. It, happen, it happens. Now, luckily in this movie, these are legitimate supporting performances. Yeah. But, and I I haven't seen Well Rider either, so I certainly can't speak to whether Keisha Castle-Hughes was supposed to be in supporting or lead. But I mean. This this is a whole other podcast we get into about doing all the like yeah what are they uh, you know are they supposed to be? I mean, we're talking about Maria Bello. That was the whole thing with History of Violence is that yes. she gets nominated and lead some places and supporting some places, and that's probably what ends up being the biggest uh, uh, hurt to her. Do you uh, do you see her? Do you see her as a lead in that movie? I honestly could go either way. I think it's one of those things where. I mean, 2005 in general is a pretty weak year for movies, at least movies that I've seen. Like, I haven't seen a a ton. of So, like, my lead actress lineup is fairly sparse. So I would maybe bump her up to lead if just to have a name there to have. But, like, she deserves a nomination. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Either one would be very deserving. You're right. And I, I, I agree too. It's like, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, there's definitely, there's this one, there's that one. And then you're kind of like, well, who else? And yeah, you're just kind of looking, looking to fill the spots and even the, 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 and 2005 being a great example of the year, because it was kind of a, just a crap show of nominees. Like, especially as someone who doesn't especially love Reese Witherspoon in walk the line. I don't either. And yeah, this is, this is, so I used to have a, uh, I used to have a feature on my website called Oscar justice. So it gives a correct Oscar to the correct performer and then follows the, uh, it trickles it down the line. Well, the correct, the correct Oscar for Reese Witherspoon is for wild. Yes. And then, then that takes it away from 2004. And then I forget what the consequences are, but essentially like it fixes a lot of stuff if she doesn't win for walk the line i think I, oh i i gave it to uh i gave it to uh, Kier knightley that would make sense yeah. which yeah so and it was like okay so she's the youngest winner that changes her trajectory wild such a better performance so yeah I, and i get that yeah anyway uh, way off anyway track. <laughs> yes uh sag is i think where i left off here yeah yes okay. correct. Uh, yes at critics choice alec baldwin gets nominated Again, uh, it's the Oscar lineup without Jimon Hansu and with Paul Bettany and Master and Commander. Mm. Rhea Bello does not get nominated with Critics' Choice. Uh, National Board of Review, Alec Baldwin wins Supporting mm. Actor, mm. Uh, which was an interesting choice. And then it also makes the list, uh, the, the uh, special recognition list for ex- or like achievement in filmmaking, okay. which is what's kind of evolved into their um, uh, top 10 independent list. because it's oh, okay, like, okay. Here I had that pulled up, and I also closed out of that. Uh, where are we? That's not how you spell that word. <laughs> uh, it's 
Yeah, it's like American Splendor, Dirty Pretty Things, Bend It Like uh, Beckham. Okay, okay. Pieces of April, a... Shattered Glass, 13, gotcha. Secret Lives of Dentists, Whale Rider, Girl with a Pearl Earring. Secret Lives of Dentists, man, what a throwback. It's yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Campbell Scott, right? Like, uh, I think so, yeah. Oh, man. And then also something called The Statement. Which yeah, is that's a, a that's a Michael that's a Caine? Michael it's a Michael Caine movie. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so that's National Board of Review, uh, National Society of Film Critics. Baldwin and Bellow both place in their uh, uh, voting, but they don't win. Mm. Baldwin, I think, comes in third in supporting actor. Uh, Bellow comes second to Patricia Clarkson uh, for both of her performances this year. Mm. Uh, Baldwin uh, third place to Peter Sarsgaard and then Tim Robbins uh, the Satellite Awards it gets a whole bunch of nominations uh, it's nominated oh were you going to say something I, I want you to read the supporting actress nominees for the Satellite Awards yeah I'm, I'm, I'll am I'm. just read them all off because there's some interesting choices uh, so William H. Macy is nominated for best actor in a drama glad that like Macy it. got some citation because finally yes here. yeah uh, the winner is Sean Penn for Mystic River also nominated Jude Law and then a whole bunch of people uh, that didn't really get nominated elsewhere for movies that did get nominated elsewhere for acting. You have Hayden Christensen in Shattered Glass, Patty Considine in, in, in America, and Great Tom, Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. Oh, no. <laughs> that's that's rough. That's that's yeah. tough to come back from. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, supporting actor in a drama, Baldwin is nominated. Winner is Jimin Hounsou in, in America, also nominated. Good. Benicio del Toro and Ken Watanabe also on their way to Oscar nominations, and then Jeff Bridges in uh, Sea Biscuit. Hilarious! Which, uh, so, so, so we have gone, we have gone. William H Macy, Chris Cooper, Chris Cooper. and Je- and Jeff Bridges, and then somehow we haven't mentioned Tobey Maguire as a potential nominee yet. Yeah, man, they shoved way too many people at the wrong times of their careers in that movie. Yeah, and then none of them are able to make it to a nomination. Hilarious. Uh, even though that's a Best Picture nominee. Uh, and then also in this uh, satellite no- uh, lineup is Omar Sharif in something called Monsieur Ibrahim. Okay. Uh, I think I've, I've I've heard of it. I'm not sure I've seen it. I don't even know if I've heard of it. So mm. you got one over on me on that. Uh, Maria Bello actually wins the Supporting Actress in a Drama Satellite. Uh, yeah. Also nominated Holly Hunter. And uh, well, Holly Hunter for thirteen, and then Patricia Clarkson for the station agent, the the deserved nomination, uh, and Marsha Gay Harden also Oscar nominated, and then Annette Bening in Open Range, it's and insane. Uh, Sarah Bolger, Bolger, I don't know, in in America, uh, Emma Bolger was one of the uh, Emma or Sarah, which is Sarah. Say Sarah? Oh, Sarah. Yeah, well, they're they're conflicting uh, conflicting lists, but uh, the little sisters. They're they're little young actresses. Uh, they're really good. Annette Bening in Open Range, a nothing character, a nothing part, a nothing performance. It's insane that is included on there. So the satellites I mean, are weird. Whatever. I mean, they nominated Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. So that is that's such that's one of his worst performances too. Yeah, it's hilarious. Extreme grain of salt. Alongside. Hayden Christensen giving a performance that was it, not getting cited anywhere. Who's fantastic. A great that. performance. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, like it, they, they can't decide if they want to be really, really cool or just be like, nah, like here's like, a movie star. Here's Tom yes, Cruise. Here's the yes. <laughs> Yeah. I just realized in looking down here that Hayden Christensen got nominated and not Peter Sarsgaard, which, how do you did, do that? Did he really not? That's insane. Cause Sarsgaard is fantastic in that. Movie. He is. See, of all the of all the snubs, I think that he's the one I think of. 
Like, because yeah. he is so good in that movie. He would absolutely make my lineup, if not be my winner for supporting actor this year. He's so yeah. good in that. I agree. Uh, and then also at the satellites, this is nominated for best original screenplay. Uh, that, that's with, a, that's a good uh, that's a good one. Yeah, the winner is lost in translation. Other nominees, which I don't think any of them go on to Oscar nominations, are Twenty One Grams, Thirteen, Kill Bill Volume One, and The Station Agent. Did Twenty One Grams get a screenplay nomination? It did not. Uh, this is an interesting original screenplay lineup. I want to talk about it in just a second. Having not seen like most of these movies, that's a good point. Interesting. Yeah, it's, interesting. it's very interesting. Um, and then just in terms of regional critics prizes, Baldwin gets nominated with Boston and Chicago and Dallas Fort Worth and Las Vegas and Phoenix and Washington DC. And he wins with Vancouver and Maria Bello uh, is nominated with the Vegas critics and the Vancouver critics, which if a movie like this can only get two nominations with the Las Vegas film critics and it's not winning either of them. It's, it's a, yeah, it's, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was a bit too anti-Vegas for their tastes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. You would think that this would be the equivalent of like the other week when I did Gone Baby Gone. I think that got like a ton of nominations with the Boston film critics. Well, it's it's uh, it's very Boston heavy. It's yeah, well, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, you would think a movie like this, but no, you would think. And it got some other citations here and there on the IMDb awards tab, but I didn't write them down. So I don't blame you. Uh, yeah, that is the precursor run. Almost exclusively Baldwin and Bellow. Uh, a little bit favored towards Baldwin. Uh, there's a few, few places he showed up where she didn't. And then obviously the Oscars, uh, the same thing repeated. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's no surprise that we agree that she should have been nominated here. Yeah, She's so good. I think it's in, uh, you know, I always think the Oscars kind of fall into certain types of moods whenever it comes to what they want to uh, give nominations to like they like if you look at the lineup you're like okay well zellweger was pre as soon as that movie trailer came out they're like she's gonna win the oscar and then yeah. it's the terrible performance and they still kind of agreed with it like it's like she wins yeah. she wins so many awards along the way so that was a foregone conclusion and then with holly hunter it was the first time she'd been back in a while and they're like that's really and it's kind of like well I remember uh, Evan Rachel Wood was right on the verge of a Best Actress nomination. Yeah, she got a SAG nomination, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I think whenever Keisha Castle Hughes got nominated, it bumped out her probably. Yeah. And then, you know, Patricia Clarkson was the, oh, you're the up and coming. You've been around a while, but now and she's having a great year. Great year. We're finally going to award you. And then Shore Agadashlu was the bright, shiny new thing. Yeah. She was like, she was the, she was the amazing, like House of Sand and Fog had all this buzz. And the movie came out and everybody was like, eh, no, but she's great. Like, yeah. and so she like, that was kind of predestined. So like you kind of say, it's like, well, Marsha Gay Harden is the only one that was able to fit in there. And it's kind of one of those like, Hey, you won before we still remember you like, yeah. And, and also it's in mystic river, which is like a huge, huge critical huge hit. thing. Winning two acting awards wins a screenplay. No, it doesn't win the screenplay award. Cause Lord of the Rings, um, but it's it's like the closest thing there is to anything running second place behind Lord of the Rings, and so it's gonna yeah. bring along a, a few. Didn't that get like a weird like cinematography? Did I make that up? Did it get a cinematography, cinematography nomination? That seems like something like thinking of how smoky it was. Uh, it did not. It did get not. A cin- okay. It did not. But I mean, I used to defend Mystic River all the time. I used to be. It like, has no, some no. good stuff to it. it. Like it's like oh, it's really good. Like I would always be. I was always the defender. And the more I think about it, the harder it is to defend. Like, yeah. 
I think Penn is better in 21 grams. I think Robbins is bad. I think Kevin Bacon probably gives the best performance. Uh, Laura Linney is doing unsubtle Lady Macbeth work. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. It, it's, it's a good watch and it's very like, I don't know what Eastwood has to put everything in blues and grays, but I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. I only watched yeah. it the one time and I was like, for whatever reason, I got really invested in the mystery of it. Like, mm. and, and then when it ends up having that anticlimax of a, of a resolution, yeah, yeah. Uh, it really soured me on it. And yeah. then I, I don't know, I, I might have to revisit it at some point just to get a more formulated opinion of it. But yeah, no, it's, it's fine, but you're right about the acting being kind of all over the place in that yeah, one. Yeah, I don't like, remember what Marsha Gay Harden does in it, though. I don't remember anything about her performance. She's nervous. She's really nervous. That's, that's just what she does. Makes like, sense. She does it the best she can. It, yeah. it's it's a she she gets a little more out of the page than what is asked of her, but it's still. I'm not sure if I have her on the list. If I make my list, this is one yeah. of the few years I haven't like compiled my list for what I would vote for everything. But I mean, Maria Bello definitely makes it. Yeah, Maria Bello is an absolute, uh, pretty much shoe in she, for that. She's she's probably my winner. I, yeah, I mean, I'd also have to look at my own list. I did something like that recently on my uh, Instagram. There, let me see what who I had pulled out. Uh, for 2003 supporting actress give me a second while i edit around this this is always my favorite part of your your instagram so i'm just like yes it's like what you got not what i try to do is i try to look at the pictures and see if i can tell what the pictures are before i see what your text says yeah okay so the ones that i had, I had pulled for that list were hope davis in american splendor mm. lucy Liu in kill bill volume one Ooh, that's a good one and christina ricci in monster oh man i hated that performance <laughs> Oh, see, I, I get, I, I know why people don't like it, but I, I really, I get really it. Yeah, liked yeah. it. This, it um, zone, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Maria Bello, having seen this now, absolutely would make that list. Uh, looking oh, at Scarlett, other... Scarlett Johansson is a lead, is a lead. Yes. Okay. Absolutely okay. A, lead, a lead in Lost in Translation. And I, that's, I, the, that, that's another person who is snubbed. Like yeah. somehow, Scar like of all the fun and hoopla of Lost in Translation, she somehow missed that one somehow truly uh don't understand it that's probably a better example of like well she's a lead role right oh yeah. she's a supporting role right like she's probably seventh in probably both races i would imagine yeah. so i would imagine yeah. that, that uh, I agree. uh just looking at other movies from this year um oh it's been so long since i've seen old boy that i don't remember the name of the character uh that, that plays the spoiler alert for old boy the daughter uh daughter but, love interest yeah yes uh so just looking at this list of character names i'm, I'm not going to remember who that is but that actress is very good in that um jennifer jason lee in, in the cut i remember being good mm. uh, uh shattered glass there's someone in that oh it's a uh, chloe, 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 yeah. chloe 70 70 yeah is very yeah there's a, there's a lot of avenues they could have gone to make this a more interesting lineup and but they're in mostly smaller movies or movies that are not getting the academy's attention in that same way so yeah oh well it happens yeah. yes sir 
but let's talk about this supporting actor race, the one that we're actually here to talk about. Yes, supposedly. let's. let's. Supposedly. So uh, again, I have not seen In America, but do you want to talk a little bit about uh, Jimin Honsu? Yeah, Jamin Honsu is great in In America. He plays a um, a tenant in an apartment building with uh, illegal refugees. They're Irish, an Irish family with Patty Constantine and uh, Samantha Morton, and uh, she he befriends them and kind of uh, just is a way to. It's kind of like, oh, I'm an immigrant as well. Uh, he's also dying of AIDS. Um, from a blood transfusion. So um, there's aspects of that. And he is, you know, Jamin Hunsu is never bad. Yeah. Um, it was, a, it was a, you know, had that fun run of Jamin Hunsu and critically acclaimed stuff. So um, he's really, really good in it. Um, and uh, a, a uh, an all time grandparent movie. Like you want to watch something with your grandparents in America is a great choice. Yeah. That uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, I've heard, very good things about it uh whenever i get to to whale rider i'll watch it for that to finish out that that best actress race also jim sheridan was way ahead of the curve as far as like autobiographical movies uh, yeah. whenever i was younger so i mean that's it, it's it's about him and his wife and his kids so i mean that's a good thing yeah uh we we've talked about tim robbins i yep. don't remember that much about his performance either but i remember twitchy not. yeah that's about it. <laughs> That's also like, I mean, this feels like a, a year of sort of legacy wins. Yeah. In more ways yeah. than one. Cause like he's, this is his like a dead man walking. Yeah. When Sean Penn's is also his dead man walking win in a yep. different way. Uh, uh, Renee Zellweger coming off of her just monumental past few years. Mm-hmm. And then Lord of the Rings winning any, everything as a uh, apology for not, not even apology, but like as a way to reward the whole trilogy. You're right. It's 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 very much a legacy Oscars year. Yeah, it's, and it's, even Charlie Theron, in a way, although that's more of a merit based thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Like, um, I, I, it, it's funny. I've seen that movie, and I don't want to watch it again. It's it's yeah. not like I I know I know she's good in it, and I'm just gonna trust my own memories that she was good. Yeah, I know it's so unpleasant yeah. of a film. It, it's a tough movie to revisit, but uh, uh, also go go listen to my previous episode on that one. Indeed, anyone out there because that was a good movie, good episode. Yes. Um, what else here in this supporting actor lineup? So Benicia del Toro, I had always had a like. This this seemed to me like, hey, we gave you an Oscar a couple of years ago, kind of like what they did with Marsha Gay Harden and supporting actress. Yeah, we gave you an Oscar a couple of years ago. We still remember you, dude. Like, yeah, like you're and and this is uh this was the beginning of the of the Oscars being unable to leave Alejandro Gonzalez and Aritu alone. Yes, it's it's so stupid. Like at, like I, I, twenty one grand. You want to talk about a rough watch? Twenty one yeah. grand is, is reporn absolutely yeah there's you could not uh uh make me watch that movie again for and it also doesn't help that i didn't like it all that much that's how i feel about Babel. i like 21 grams more than i like Babel, but i mean Babel i'm just like man i don't want to watch that again it's just gonna yeah it's just, yeah it's, it's gonna be too much and uh because bardo got that cinematography nomination he maint- he maintains the streak i think he is streak. he's the only director ever seven, with, with seven five plus seven. movies yeah, yeah, where every one of them gets a nomination at least once. And I, I was really hoping I didn't have to watch Bardo, but 
Here we gonna go. Have to watch gonna Bardo. have to watch Bardo. Thanks, Cinematography Branch. Yeah. I know some people that liked it. I'm going in with an open mind, but uh, we'll see. We'll see yeah. how I feel about Bardo. So so if I if I were to pick a winner out of this lineup, though, it'd probably be Ken Watanabe. Yes, who's fantastic in so The Last good. Samurai. So good. And, you know, he essentially, it, it's so funny whenever you have these situations, you kind of think of like, uh, kind of compare it to like Captain Phillips with Bartad Abdi, and you're just like, oh, well, this kind of unknown guy shows up against this 30 watt caliber movie star and he just kind of blows him off the screen every time he's there. You're like, I care way more about this guy than I care about the movie star. Why is that the case? Yeah. Well, I, well, you want the movie to just be about him. Yes. You don't yes. need the Tom Cruise character. The Last Samurai starring Ken Watanabe. Yeah. He's literally the last samurai. Yeah, I mean, he should be the last samurai. Instead, Tom Cruise gets to be the last samurai. Ugh. This white guy who survives the gunning down of all these other samurai by virtue of being Tom Cruise in a movie. I'm sorry, I, I'm I, I'm haunted by my past as a Confederate Civil War soldier. I'm just like, oh, yeah. really? That's the problem? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh boy, is uh, uh, Edward Zwick an interesting filmmaker when it comes to white people in historical contexts? My lord, let's, I love Glory. I'm going to give him the pass on Glory just because Glory. I like everything it does, and the and all the actors in it are so good. But I mean, and that that's I mean that's what he does. Yeah. And but lo and behold, I just. Blood Diamond is a movie I have uh, <laughs> discussed at length on this show when I yeah. did the 2006 miniseries, and it, it was the one that got other nominations. Uh, but, oh boy, does that movie just sink like a rock in every aspect. Hey, hey, you know, over there, you know, in America, it's bling bling. Over here, it's bling bang, you know, I mean. Sure fucking is. <laughs> No, uh, is, is that DiCaprio's worst performance? Uh of the ones I've seen, it very well might be. I think it is too. Like, yeah, the, the, the fact that he gets an Oscar nomination the same year as he he's in The Departed, maybe yeah. his best performance. It's disgusting. I also i I don't love him in The Departed, but really on, uh, on the most recent rewatch, I liked him a lot more than I remembered. Yeah, but still, my like. I, for whatever reason, really love Matt Damon in that movie. I think that's oh, a yeah. great Matt Damon performance that doesn't get I, talked about. But I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, at the very least, like Blood Diamond, I just didn't like. I thought not only uh, did I not like DiCaprio and the whole ethos of it, but I didn't think Jim Anansu was very good in that. At the very least, with mm. The Last Samurai, I think Ken Watanabe is fantastic yes i agree he's he's he's, he's undeniable he's he's just yeah. like just like shori agadashley we're like look at this guy we can't we can't not focus on this guy yeah and also yeah. i just I, I like ken watanabe as an actor in general when he pops up and stuff mm -hmm. uh should have had more of a career in hollywood post this movie and this nomination but well you don't you don't count all his cameos in the godzilla series as, or, or as... the the Nolan movies, or is it just Inception? Is he only? Um, is that the only one, or does he? He's in. He's in. The, he's in. Uh, he's in Batman Begins. Right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but but I agree. It's like, well, he should be better. Like, yeah. And I, more, and I really, more than and the I, Transformers movies and Detective Pikachu. And and he was incredible in Letters from Iwo Jima. Yes, he's so and, good in that as well. And and he's really good in Memoirs of a Geisha. 
I have not seen that one, but I would believe that because he's good. He's very refined, upstanding gentleman. Like it's like that's kind of the, it's like oh, I like Ken Watanabe as a nice person. Like oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah, that's fun. Yep. Yeah, he should be he should be leading more Hollywood movies because he's such a, a charismatic presence in yeah, every way. Yeah, and he's always welcome every time I see him on. I'm like, hey, Ken Watanabe, more of this guy. Yeah, yes, I agree. Would have been a considerably better winner than Tim Robbins. Significantly, yes. Uh, and then, yeah, all the snubs. I don't even know how we tell... Like, the, we mentioned a lot of them by name earlier, but there's just so many other people in yep. this supporting actor race. Yep. That, yeah. I don't know. Is there anything... What what other Oscar stuff? Oh, uh, I put a pin in original screenplay. Yes. Weird how many, like... I don't know. I mean, this is a big sort of indie year in terms of contenders, and it's none of the ones you would have expected, I feel like, that show up in the screenplay category. Like, you would expect a movie maybe like this, but like Station Agent or Shattered Glass or or was Shattered Glass an adapted screenplay? Uh, Either it way. Was adap- it was adapted, but I mean, like, you look at it and you're like, okay, four pretty tiny movies, and then Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> and like... <laughs> Your your second biggest movie is Lost in Translation, which ends up winning. Yeah. But like, yeah, not a a big movie uh, at the time, at least. It's it's yeah, I, it's grown, but yeah. And I still I still haven't seen the Barbarian Invasions. I'm sure I, it's on my list. I'm going to get around to it. I really like that Dirty Pretty Things nomination. It's pretty cool. I need to see that one as well. That's a, it's a man. It's it's a, it's you know Stephen Knight is kind of his own thing these days. It's funny to see that he's like the original screenplay. It's like, Oh, Stephen Knight. I, that's interesting. So, I mean, he's kind of evolved into his own brand, but I mean, like, it's just kind of cool looking back on it. They're like, okay, in America, that makes sense. You know, it had the nominations. Now the, the finding Nemo nomination, it was like, that wasn't something that happened much. Like, yeah. And monsters film- Inc. Not even, did that get no, nominated or not? It, it got it. That was the, that was the first year of the, animated feature and that, i think that was all it got that makes and, sense. no because it won the song it, it oh yeah the, you're right you're randy right. newman finally winning his oscar yes yes so that was the yeah so that was i, I think finding nemo was the first time it kind of like kicked it off and then from there it's like okay now we're now yeah we're okay to do that because the incredibles got one the next year and then yeah wally uh, and ratatouille and wally oh, ratatouille nomination. yeah so that was it was it was a normal thing at that point so uh, this is it's revolutionary that giving yeah. finding nemo an original screenplay nomination that's a good screenplay that yeah yeah absolutely it's one of the like i don't know there i mean even among those pixar movies we just mentioned they don't all have as dense of a plot as Finding no, Nemo. They There's really a don't. lot going on in that movie, yeah. Uh, which they and like um for for all that for all the stuff going on, that's a movie that I as a kid when it uh, uh like watching that movie a ton as a kid could absolutely follow all of it. Which yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of animated movies that just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall that just they just don't track they don't make sense in any way i agree uh and finding nemo does a good job of that i agree uh what else do we want to say about this year's oscars uh Uh, about you kind of look at it and you're like well that was the lord of the rings year and that's just kind of what it is just get out of the lord of the rings way and you know all those oscars and no acting nominations despite like 
like, you know, it's funny the Oscar history with Lord of the Rings because, you know, you had what, eight, seven, eight, nine plus nominated. I don't know how Two Towers is the least awarded, but it still had a bunch of nominations. Yeah. And all that while, you only had one acting nomination among those three films. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it couldn't even win that, which no. yeah. would have been a very deserving win. I agree. Like, That'd McKellen cool winning win. for that. Cool and deserving, and just like a, it would make sense for the career, for the franchise, for the character. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you look back on it, you're like, well, you don't want to give it to this movie. Then it's like, no. Now in hindsight, you're like, man, he should have probably won for that one. That's a cool nomination, a cool win. They just yeah. they missed the mark on it yep. so briefly. So like, so like, I don't know if he had not well, been nominated in the first, and then been nominated for the third, and one for well, that. Like, it well, you know. With the cultural impact of Jim Broadbent and Iris is un- undisputable. At this well, point. yes, of course, it, it, that is a, a wide-reaching uh, performance. We yeah. all still talk about it. We all still remember that as the Jim Broadbent performance of two thousand one. A, a movie I watched and remember and didn't even like his performance. And as soon as the movie was over, I forgot he got the Oscar win for it. It's such yeah. an odd, yeah. But well, yeah, like you the, said. He, and yeah. he's not Moulin Rouge is right there. Yeah, that's an asterisk win if there ever was one. That's Absolutely. an Alicia Vikander not technically winning for Ex Machina, but winning for or, Ex Machina. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the 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 Jeremy Irons not going to give you an Oscar for Dead Ringers, but will give you one for Reversal Fortune. Exactly. Yeah, happens yes. all the time. All the time. All yes. the time. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah, it, it's interesting that. Uh, uh, Return of the King is such a juggernaut, and yet so many of the other above the line movies are so small in scale. Mm, yeah, it's, like it's, yeah, like this, like Monster, like Whale Rider in America, Twenty One Grams, Lost in Translation, Thirteen Pieces of April, House of Sand and Fog, so many City like, of God, and, yeah, City <laughs> of God, and then like the ones that are big, it's like big in a weird way, like Pirates of the Caribbean or The Last Samurai. Or master even, and commander yeah or even something's got to give yeah the nomination yeah. for diane keaton like it's, that's a real it's, anomaly and I, it, that's a real anomaly of a nomination in general like romantic comedies don't normally get that kind of stuff to happen yeah and it's just a case of diane keaton being diane keaton and also that yes. movie making a ton of money so it's, much money it's a, a a case that like I I'm not the per- first person to have made this type of observation, but when you have such a foregone conclusion, like for example, uh, like Daniel Day Lewis in Lincoln, such yes. a foregone conclusion so early on, uh, or or like Heath Ledger as, in The Dark Knight, yeah, foregone conclusion year in advance, the conversation no longer becomes well who's going to beat them, it becomes well who's going to fill out that slot. DiCaprio in The Revenant is another one that I remember yeah. observing in real time. Uh, and like that usually happens like isolated to a single category. Yeah. Uh, where you get sort of weirder nominations like uh, like Trombo or uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic yeah, Thunder is a yeah. perfect example. <laughs> yeah. And so to have that happen on such a massive scale of like, well, Return of the King is going to be like, a, it's going to storm the Oscars. It's going to yes. sweep everything. And so to have that kind of occur across the board, even in categories where Lord of the Rings isn't a contender, like in the acting yeah. categories. Yeah. Kind of an interesting sort of vacuum effect of so much of the focus, so much of the the economy of words going towards Lord of the Rings that 
everything else is just kind of a crapshoot of yeah of like all of these categories all four of these acting categories you could draft up a list of like five or six other contenders that got nominations elsewhere and weren't able to make the oscars lineup and still have other names to mention Be- best supporting actor in seed biscuit like yes. so yeah. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> like we were talking about the supporting races earlier with all those names but like best actor you have yeah tom cruise and jack nicholson and patty considine and uh peter russell dinklage crow. russell crowe russell, Crow. russell crowe never got a hiff a whiff of anything and yeah mastering commander was a huge movie yeah and best actress you have evan rachel wood and Jennifer Connelly and Nicole Kidman and Uma Thurman and uh, Scarlett Johansson. And like all of these, ca- there's so many actors in contention yep. for all four of these acting categories Yep. that if you, if you're one of the 20 people that got nominated this year, thank your lucky stars because yep. it was a, a real like genuine race for the yes. fourth and fifth slot in Pretty much every category, I would assume. No, nobody was touching the winners, but everything yeah. else is like it was like okay, it's either Bill Murray or Sean Penn. It's like okay, Charlize Theron is in a foregone conclusion. Same thing with Robinson Zellweger. So yeah, it's 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 a funny way to put it, and that I really like how you put that. Thank you. Yeah, there's you could like truly you could have a year in advance, or not even a year in advance, but if you put all of these movies in front of someone. Uh, not just the ones that got nominated, but the ones that came close. You could have someone like guess the nominees in, uh, in a vacuum, not knowing anything about the race, and there would be people that would put zero for twenty uh, yeah. uh, because there's just so many names, yep. big names in big movies giving big good performances. Yeah, I agree. Very interesting year. I'm kind of surprised Baldwin was able to make it with that in mind because this is. I don't know, like you said, a movie that nobody at the time was really seeing. No, not really. Uh, I guess I guess it's just the, the name itself was enough yeah. to propel him. It's the Alec Baldwin has worked with everyone and has never been nominated. Yep. Here he is in a kind of showy role. Yep. Uh, essentially a uh, a um, Jamie Lee Curtis, if you will. Perhaps. Perhaps yes. a Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Uh, that's actually a... a but in a way that, like, at least everything everywhere all at once is like a movie with eleven nominations. Yeah, yeah, it's not like a nothing. Uh, uh, yeah, it's maybe, not a one to one parallel. But it, maybe I more get of a the, maybe more of a Bill Nye. Yeah, but at least I've heard people say like really. Uh, He's high really really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. This is this know. is this was not the performance. Everybody's like, this is blowing you away. It's just kind of like, eh, like. Yeah. yeah, we we talked a lot about him. We had good things to say about him, but yep. he's he's not what I come away from this movie wanting to talk about he's not the one like oh you need to see the cooler alec baldwin is so good in it it's maria bello it's maria yeah, bello yes. yeah william exactly. h macy yep. even just the concept like yeah like just pitching someone on this movie of like oh it's about this guy who works in a casino and has such terrible luck that his job is to infect the people around him with bad luck so they lose that's a funny concept for a movie yeah, yeah. and they pull it off really well they really do uh, and also alec baldwin is there Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to say here? Justice for the Woman King, again, Yes. bring it all back. I agree. Woman King's great. Uh, really great. One yeah. of the best movies of last year. I agree. Uh, Justice for Daniel Deadweiler. Yes, as well. Yes. So good. Such a, like, should be walking away with the Oscar. Yep, yep. An eye acting clinic, but uh, yes. Absolutely. Uh, as far as this movie, no, I think we're good. 
All right. In that case, we can move on to some closing thoughts. So in your fantasy world where you get to pick all of the nominations, what nominations would you have given to The Cooler? Uh, I would give it uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, it would end up being my winner. Uh, it would be a Best Picture nominee uh, for me in this year. Um, even if even if you keep it only to five, it still would be fifth for me. Um, and then uh, obviously I would give it a, a original screenplay nomination. Um, and I would have to look at it, but I'm going to guess probably a Best Actor nomination as well. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think there's too many people that I think Baldwin would probably just miss, but it's not by much. Yeah, that's that's entirely fair. Uh, I'm with you on all of those. I think Bello is should have been a no-brainer, and in my opinion, yep. is a no-brainer for a nomination here. Uh-huh. Best picture, I could easily see it making definitely a top 10, maybe even a top five. Uh, a lot of good stuff in this year, but this movie is also really great. Yep. Uh, Macy, certainly in the conversation. Again, like you said, I'd also have to look at it. Original screenplay, definitely. I really did like that score. I, I thought it, it, yeah. it, it, they did a really good job of, to the point that like the opening uh, sort of like slow jazz noir music over the opening credits. Mm-hmm. I had to double check to make sure that wasn't lifted from like in a lonely place or some other like oh yeah lifted from classic noir because it does it emulates that feeling so perfectly i know that's original score composition for the movie um and maybe an editing nomination too because i I did really like those sort of snappy casino scenes yeah and also just the the dialogue scenes i think are I, i i once i noticed it in those early sections and i noticed it as like a thing i could point out i started trying to pay attention to the the more subtle editing throughout. And I think it's a very well edited movie. It's a, it's so, a very uh, smartly crafted film. Yes. Without drawing Maybe. attention to itself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good movie. Go watch this yes. movie. If you Absolutely. haven't if you've made it this far. Yes. So, so next time I'm on, it's going to be something in between. I've seen the, a really good one. One of the worst ever. So yeah. we're going to have to land in between next time. <laughs> I do want to mention, because you said one of the worst ever, um, so I, I have my letterbox list of all the movies uh, I will be talking about, have talked about, etc. Uh, and I wanted to double check uh, recently. And by recently, I mean as of yesterday, because we're recording this on the day after nominations. So if you take the list of all 260 some movies, sort it by average rating, uh, lowest to highest, uh, there is a new worst movie on the list, according to Letterbox, and it is Blonde. Really? Yeah, lower than Coquette even i've heard nothing good about coquette but i mean i i think Anadarmos is really good in blonde but i mean i will be watching it eventually eventually. yeah i'm gonna be watching it i'm gonna be watching blonde twice because i have to watch it for this year (laughs) and i have to watch it whenever i do that episode far in the future go look look forward to that one yeah i am not uh yeah uh we didn't mention but like I will have mentioned it because this episode is not coming out tomorrow. It's coming out the week after. Yeah. I still have to record tomorrow's episode tonight. Uh, so that'll be fun. But uh, uh, wrap up on this year, four new additions to the list. Uh, awesome. After Sun and Blonde and to Leslie and Causeway. Yes. Yeah. 
I think that'll do it for this episode then. Thank you so much for coming back on. I had a great time talking about this movie. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast as always. Yeah, you are uh, always welcome back anytime. Where where can uh, where can people find you and your stuff? Uh, you can find me on on Letterboxd at uh, Neb810. You can find me on uh, Twitter at NebIsBin. Um, find me on Instagram, Ben Miller Movies. I have my own site, IceCreamForFreaks.com, talking about reviews and Oscar stuff and various things like that. I also have my own podcast called uh, The Film Critic and the Common Man, where me and my non-critic brother talk about various movies and from the different perspectives uh we come out with new episodes each week we're doing parasite this week so Ooh, that'll be please a fun uh, please enjoy that yes yeah go check out all that stuff a lot a lot of a lot of good stuff there uh you can find this show on twitter and letterboxd at lone acting noms and on instagram at the lone acting nominees that'll be it for this episode thank you for listening mm-hmm.